with Shade at Black Girls Texting. I know y'all see my text. You better answer me back. I'm Chelsea Pinky, also known as the Washing Machine Queen. I'm classically trained. Me, 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 me. It's Gwen at That's My Brat. Wow, you did us. Goodbye. Welcome, welcome to the 100th episode of Black Girls Texting. Tea is steadily spilled in our group chat, and each week we are letting you in on it. This is the 100th episode of the Black Girls Texting podcast. Wow, we have grown so much in 100 weeks. Before we got professional AF and got dope intro music from a dope black woman, we used to sing. On episode five, Black Girls Transitioning, we sang one of our favorite jams from Dreamgirls. Look at me, look at me, look at me, I am changing, changing. <laughs> I'm trying every way I can, Ooh, that was I a good am one. changing, changing, oh. damn, I'm I'll letting be myself be her than Kelly. I am, I'm trying, <laughs> To find a way I can't, I can't go on. to understand. Yeah. Well, all right. guys, all right, all right. I hope that gave it Thank away. Thank you for those lyrical stylings. <laughs> hey, guys, this next song is quintessential 90s black girl everything. If you did not watch Girlfriends growing up, I highly encourage you to go back. Um, but we sang this song just to talk about all the different TV shows that we love. Some are a little ratchet and some are much better, but make sure you go back to episode 17, Black Girls Chat, Shitty TV, to hear us sing our rendition of Girlfriends and to hear our thoughts on some of our favorite TV shows. Make sure you tune in and get ready for this clip. (laughs) My girlfriend. It's a short one. My girlfriend. My girlfriend. Through anything. My girlfriend. I can't remember. Believe I remember that. What is there to forget? Facts. Yo, low key, high key. We got some serious vocal skills and talent. Like we could bring back the black girl group phenomena. We could be those people. Let us know if you think we should just do that. Um, But going forward into our catalog, we have a little number that we sang on episode 26, which was Black Girls Are Unbothered. And it featured an interview with Danielle Cadet, who is now the managing editor of Refinery29 Unbothered, which Uh, if you know, you know, is an amazing uh, platform for the voices and stories of Black women. And when we sat down with with Danielle, um, the website was just launching and we were really excited to talk to her about all things Black women, identity, beauty, uh, career, um, which is why we sang the Khalees classic, Bossy. You don't have to like me, but you will respect me. Yes! Do you know why? Because I'm a boss. Uh, 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 uh,
Uh, uh, I'm busting. I'm the first girl to scream on the track. Oh, I switched up the beat of the drum. That's right. Okay, yeah, that was short lived. <laughs> Chelsea, Chelsea's nodding. That's right. I brought all the boys to the yard, and that's right. I'm the one that's tattooed on his arm. I'm busting. Oh yeah. my gosh! Welcome, welcome, welcome. This was another really funny time. It was on episode 32, Black Girls and Black Jesus. We talked all about religion, and we started off with this tune. Hey, oh, God. I don't care about Christmas underneath the Christmas tree. Fireside more than you could Carolee ever know through the night. Oh, two beats one. We got you, girl. We got you. We got you. We kicked you out. You're canceled. You're canceled. You're canceled. You're canceled. Also, what the fuck? Is that wallowing yeah, for Christmas and like 10 octaves lower? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Because I'm a baritone. <laughs> Oh, Lord, I swear Chelsea just wants to bring back our singing segment just so she can flex her alleged lyrical stylings. But we've got one more special uh, song clip for you, and that is from episode 19, where we talked about, quote unquote, good hair. You know, uh, one of the things we attempt to do with Black Girls Texting is to challenge stereotypes and to showcase multitudes of black women's identities. So on this episode, we talked about hair and the way that it has been politicized, the way it has um, oftentimes defined us in many ways. Um, And to introduce this episode, we sang the most appropriate song, Solange's Don't Touch My Hair. Don't touch my hair. <laughs> this is a feeling. Wait, are we I recording? Don't touch my soul. We should have pulled up the lyrics. <laughs> you know Solange be mumbling, son. She does. and But y'all know what song that is. And you know what this is about to be about. You take know a, what it is. Take a guess. Don't touch my hair, motherfuckers. This is a hair episode. We're going to keep going down memory lane and get into some of our favorite conversations. Because you know we get into the shits. But let's take a break to pay some bills. This episode of Black Girls Texting is brought to you in partnership with Blexbox. Quarantine life has been a little frustrating at times and with the stressful state of the world we are taking time to practice self-care through pleasure with blexbox black owned and operated blexbox is a curated subscription service with hand-picked sexual wellness products curated with your melanin in mind blexbox believes that black sex is different black intimacy is different in fact it's beautiful and complex and dynamic and should be treated as such 
Perfect for singles who want some extra self-love and couples looking to try new things in the bedroom, Blexbox helps you sample innovative and exciting sex and intimacy products without ever leaving your home. Think massage candles, chocolate body paints, and interchangeable vibrators. Blexbox is currently running a special promotion, and for $99 a month, you can literally have intimacy delivered to your front door. So what are you waiting for? Get your Blexbox subscription now at blextechnologies.com slash Blexbox. That's B-L-E-X-B-O-X. Yes. And now as we kick off our exploration of some of our favorite episodes, some of our favorite conversations, it's only right that we go back to the very beginning, to the genesis of this thing called Black Girls Texting. And on our first episode, the pilot episode, we explained what Black Girls Texting even is, what it is that we're trying to do and why we're here. Welcome, welcome to Black Girls Texting, our very first podcast. Hey. (laughs) Um, This is, I'm Chelsea. I'm speaking right now. Um, Follow us on Instagram at Black Girls Texting, spelled just like how it sounds, but we're so excited to talk to y'all. Word. Um, So a little bit about how we came to be. Um, Well, I was doing a project for my master's and I was thinking a lot about like, uncensored conversations that black women have and in my class we we're talking about like it, everything goes down in like the the hair salon but mm-hmm. i feel like and it, that still is the case but it's still kind of like outdated in terms of like our <laughs> generation not my hair salon <laughs> right not mine like i just want to get in and out of there especially if i'm getting my hair braided at the africans so we were th- it happens in the group chat so and our group chat go it spans like it goes politics, in. like yeah. culture, a lot of personal tea. The hoes. Exactly. So <laughs> we're bringing all of that into this platform. This clip is from episode one as well, uh, the Black Girls Texting pilot. Uh, the clip starts off with us talking about a topic that is still 100 episodes in, uh, over two years later, still a very popular topic uh, of white people calling the police on black people. But in regular black girls texting fashion, we get nuanced and we get deep and we dig into the subject. Yeah, um, something that we've been talking about a lot in our chat is the tendency of white people to call the police on black people. This has come up time and time again. It's getting really popular in the news, especially with that Starbucks shit that just happened. Um, and I Please found- excuse my macchiato. <laughs> yeah, like... Yeah, why did you support How dare you them? come in here with that? Is this a macchiato that that's mad old? Like, is this 2006? Why, who's still drinking those? <laughs> get, a, get a press juice, sis. basic. Anyways, um, <laughs> so... Basically, I found this New York Times article, um, yeah, because black girls do read, um, <laughs> and the article basically spoke about all the different reasons why a white person might call the police on a black person. Are there reasons? Reason one, napping in a dorm lounge. Oh. So you might have heard about this. This black girl at Yale was sleeping, um, working on her papers. It was 1.30 a.m. She presented her ID. Police got called. Bullshit. Mm. Reason number two, shopping. Three mm. teenagers um, were looking for last-minute deals at Nordstrom Rack. Um, they paid for their things, left, were followed by police. Police 
Um, the, what, some white person called the police on them because they look suspicious. Um, reason number three, leaving an Airbnb. Mm. Three black people loaded suitcases into their car after staying at an Airbnb in California, um, but they were halted by a police officer um, after a neighbor suspected that they were burglars. Wow. <laughs> Reason number four, touring a college campus. These weren't black people. So people of color, we all get a little bit of these beautiful calls on us. Um, they were Native Americans um, touring Colorado State University. A parent felt worried. You know, they looked suspicious. They had weird T-shirts on, she said. And she called the police on them. Teenage boys, like, touring to go to college. Reason number four, or five, I don't even know what number I'm up to now. Golfing? Some black people were golfing because black people are allowed to golf in 2018. And the police got called on them. What the fuck? Um, look these stories up, people. Wait. I'm not making this up. So they had clubs and everything. Like, yes. they're on the court. Let me read exactly. Let me That's quote. Quote the insanity. New York Times. An owner and employees of Grandview Golf Club in Dover Township, Pennsylvania, a.k.a. Pennsylvania, Mm. Kind of a racist state. I wouldn't yeah. <laughs> All you had to say was we Pennsylvania. Oh, because uh-huh. we know, actually. Call the police on a group of black women who they said were playing too slowly on April 21st. Oh, my Officers God. left the golf this. course after they quickly determined that this was not a police issue. <laughs> Jeez. Um, and then we all know about the Starbucks incident. Some guys were in Starbucks having a business meeting about real estate. How many of us have had meetings in Starbucks? Like, or just went to the bathroom. Or just went to the bathroom. And they, they market themselves as like a place there. that you can go. It's an open door kind of policy. Right. And they got the police called on them. And maybe you've seen this disgusting video of... Um, well, there's two at Waffle House. We live in New York, so we don't have Waffle House here. But if you live somewhere with Waffle House, fuck them. Don't go there. Not only did they drag a woman to the ground, had her titties exposed after she was like, you know, got into an argument, but it wasn't a dramatic argument where you had to do that to someone. Um, and then they took a guy who also went to Waffle House. Um, this guy was taking his sister to prom. They slammed him up against the the grounds. Like, it's just crazy. And... And police aside, how they treat black people, I just wanted to address the fact that white people, when mm-hmm. they call the police on black people, do they understand the ramifications that those things have? Like no. the the interactions that black people have with police right. officers tend to escalate exactly very quickly. Me myself, I'm terrified of police. I don't want to get near them. Never. Right. It's crazy to think about that because. A lot of white people are like, well, what can I do? And how can I be an ally? And it's like, word, okay, that's cute. But like, right? talk to your cousins and your uncles and your aunts that will be quick to call the cops on people touring a school. Yeah. And like, so I was on Twitter looking at, you know, looking at this topic and it's pretty popular right now on Twitter. Um Jay Salicious, I think that's how you need to say her Twitter name. Hey, Jay. But she tweeted, um, why don't we, black people, call the cops on white people like they do us? Kind of down. Do our unconscious biases make them seem non-threatening slash criminal? Or do we not see police as protection? The latter, for me at least. (laughs) I I would never in my life want to even fool around with the cops. Like, if I could not involve them, I'm probably going to call, like... My father first, if some yep. shit is popping off. 
Yep. Like, you just, I've just seen things get too crazy. Like, I just feel like I, I might be in need and I would call the police and I'm going to end up being the person who's doing wrong. Like, yo, do y'all remember? That's the very last resort, you know? Do you remember when, I don't know if you were there, Glenn, but I remember Shade, you were there when we went to Pearl. Shout out to Pearls. Trinidad, known. Um, basically, we went to Pearls, we were hanging out, hanging out, and I was mad, like, shaken up because right before I got there, do you remember, Shade? This white guy. I remember this. Do you, okay. Yes. Oh, Was, yes. like, kicking down my door. That's like terrifying. So, basically, my mom goes to Trinidad every year because she's Miss Carnival. Mm-hmm. And so, I was in the apartment by myself, and I was doing uh, laundry, and it overflowed into this white guy's apartment. And, like, all right, I fucked up. I'm sorry. But it did not warrant him coming up and kicking my door. As soon as, like, I realized it was overflowing, I was like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. He was like, open up the fucking door. Open up the fucking door. Kicking it like a psychopath. And I was like, I'm by myself. You're scaring me. I literally said that. I'm by myself. You're scaring me. I called my sister, and she's like, call the police. I could not not call the police. I was terrified of the police getting involved. In fact, yeah. I, I called 911 and I said, could you all go to 5G? That's his apartment because he's under me. And they were like, well, we would have to go to your apartment because you called the police. And I was like, you know what? Forget it. Called my neighbor. Yep. And my neighbor helped defuse the situation. That's crazy. I feel you. I like Jay Licious's. Is it, is it Jay, Jay Licious's? Jay Licious? <laughs> <laughs> I like her other yeah. point, though, on like, do we not find them as threatening as they find us? Because I mm-hmm. will find myself, like, walking through Saratoga Park. Shout out best Eye, Shout out Macon Street. <laughs> Anyways, I'll find myself, like, walking through the park at night where pre-gentrification, that was, like, not a thing. Like, and there will yeah. be, like, white people kind of, like, running around with their dogs. But I'm not gonna lie, and y'all gonna flame me up. Fellow I know what you're finna say because I agree with you, low key, probably. There might be a, a black person in the park too with their hoodie on or their dog, and I'm like, I, but I'm not threatened by the white person. I know, mm. and that's really sad. I don't know sad. what that's about. I, I know we, we. I mean, it's not our fault necessarily, but I also well, okay. There's two things at play here. Probably our own position as like kind of black people of privilege. Um, There's a dash of that. You know, and this becomes like an unfamiliarity with a certain kind of lifestyle or aesthetic or something. I don't know. Yeah. I'm, for the record, like naturally paranoid of everybody. So I don't really care. (laughs) Like I'm equal opportunist on paranoia. Yeah. Yeah. Anybody could get it. But it's crazy. Like today there was a man standing on the, there's a child like running up and down the street. Right. And I'm like, oh, kid, whatever. Then there's a man just standing on the corner, just standing there. And I never like put two and two together that maybe he's waiting for this child. Like, I'm thinking there's just a man standing on the corner. And I'm like, <laughs> why are you standing there? Like, is there something you're supposed to be... Like, what are you doing? He didn't even have a phone in his hand. I'm are like, you maybe, he, maybe he's up to something. Like, my... Damn, Glenn. God, are you not terrible. a cop? It's terrible. <laughs> Fuck. Shit, you gotta try to undo that, though. But it's I feel so you. Like, true. We, we're being fed the same shit that white people exactly. are Exactly. There's yeah. levels. They're pumping this stuff into for sure. us. Especially, like... I know you were just in Alabama, if you want to, like, plug that real quick. But oh, yes. When you go to the South, that. I National feel like, I'm like Yeah, okay. So that was a seriously complex situation, right? Um, so, yeah, I was traveling through Alabama. I'm doing this travel story for National Geographic on the Civil Rights Trail. So I, 
<laughs> very, very popping. So I started the trip um, in Birmingham, and then I drove to Selma. Um, Selma is so interesting because so much happened there um, during the civil rights movement, like such a place of change, right? Uh, so we're in this church called Brown Chapel, which is where they organized the march to Montgomery. Mm. And there's a project right across the street. It's sort of in this, like, gated-in community. And, like, it's mind-blowing to me that in Brown Chapel, like, where Martin Luther King, like, preached from the pulpit, they were organizing. There's this project now across the street where there's serious gang violence, drugs, wow. all this stuff. And, like, the week before we got there, apparently, like, 200 rounds had been let off there. I don't know, and it start, it, you know, it makes me think about just, like, the state of black life right now, and it's very, like, uh, ironic, I guess, that these two things are in the same place. But furthermore, right, like, you're talking about, like, the, like how you engage with black folks different right. places, right? In Birmingham, I'm saying hi to everyone. It feels very sweet and nice. And those are black people as well, black, white, whatever we're speaking. But Selma, it was, like, a different thing. It's, like, people are sitting on their stoops, and they're in front of, like, their homes are, like, run down like I'm just like how is anybody even living there Mm -hmm. and we're speaking but I noticed a a sense of like hesitation in myself Mm -hmm. that I had to check I'm like yo there's some kind of bias or weird like privilege that you're giving off right now in this moment yeah but anyway check your privilege yeah I had to check my privilege honestly and it was very crazy to me because I, I had been thinking that going to the south that like the enemy or the person that I would fear the most would be the white man Oh, sorry, that would be the the person I would fear the most would be the white man, right? And I did have that kind of, like, fear because I saw Confederate flags everywhere and that shit made Yikes. me, like, tense up. But then there were moments when I walked into, I remember walking into a Chitlin restaurant and I was like, whew, all right. Walk in there like you are not a little nervous. Hold on, I just need to click. There's a, a <laughs> there restaurant was, dedicated to Chitlin? It was. My dad had to go there. It was Wait, called. It said hot Chitlin plates. Have you eaten <laughs> we, Chitlin? I've never, no. Vegan life, boo. Okay. <laughs> but I still like, I don't know. It, that's a whole complex thing. But the, the last thing was that, so I'm kind of like dealing with this all in my mind, like seeing black people living this kind of way. It was really fucking heartbreaking, especially in this place where so much change happened. And then I watched five black boys be pulled over by the police. Um, and they were just, it was hot as fuck that day, like 90 degrees in the South. And they had on like khaki pants, like they were coming from school and they were all shirtless. And cops just pulled up on them, like bumped up on the sidewalk. And were like, hold up, what's going on here? And and in that moment, I was like, this is so fucked up, right? right. It, when at the same time, maybe I had been making assumptions about black people blocks before, right? right? But then in that moment, to see them be pulled over by the cops was really, I don't know. It was eye-opening in this way. Me and my father just drove up and down. We just kept turning around the block and driving around and around just so that we could, like, watch and see what happened and what's going on. Like, because if we could be witnesses, we would be. I don't know. I'm going to plug us real quick, up. though, because this is the whole point of of why we have these conversations, yeah. right? Like, we aren't the only black people thinking about these things, mm-hmm. and it's not just so much to, like, educate white people because that's not our jobs and that's not mm-hmm. what we came here to do, but it's really, like, to have the dialogue because I'm sure there's so many other people that feel this way. Right. And it's like, how do you navigate spaces how do you figure all this shit out when in the span of 10 minutes you could have such vast opinions exactly yeah it's really it's it's difficult yeah Yeah. that that um there was a like a blackish episode that kind of talked about um i think it was the oldest son dre he got into howard yeah which Mm. is at hbcu and stanford are we gonna do uh, explanatory comments (laughs) 
<laughs> I guess so. It's happening. I mean, I mean, I'm sorry. No, no, I mess with you. That is shout out to Code Switch. <laughs> <laughs> um, and like they were talking about how at Howard, like something that was so incredible for Dre Jr. was seeing the diversity amongst Black people. Yeah. Like mm. that there were so different, so many different types, and I feel like that's why that's why I love our group chat. Like, there's people with single parents. There's people who, you know, their parents have been married their whole life. There's people with... It's just, like, all different sorts of people. Yeah. <laughs> but, you're, but we're all black. Exactly. And, I mean, I went to Howard and I saw that firsthand. I remember when I first... Whew, girl, y'all got issues. But I'm coming into myself, right? Oh, my God. This is like therapy. Yeah. No, because when I first went to Howard... Uh, I was the only one. Well, I had friends that were also going to Howard with me, but of my like really close friends, no one was going to HBCUs. And I would go to visit their campuses. I remember coming to visit Sade, and I was like, "Yo, this is crazy." There's like White skateboarders. There's like, <laughs> yeah. After a while, I, I I think I went there once, and I thought it was cool. And then I went back, and I was like, "Oh, fuck out of here! This shit is <laughs> sus as hell. Why am I in this white ass dorm?" It was just like, whoo. Girl, I don't know how you did that. But I remember when I first was on campus, my mom was like, I told my mom I wanted to go to a diverse school. And she was like, there's diversity in blackness. As some of you may know, the Black Girls Texting love to travel. We love an international thought and bop. And this clip will tell you about some interesting routes um, a certain someone has taken to get to one of our favorite, favorite places. Um, Please check out episode 11, Black Girls Travel Asia Edition. On this episode, we talk about our trips to Hong Kong, Cambodia, and Bali. Um, We took this trip maybe three or four years ago now, but it was epic and you guys have to tune in to hear more i don't want to spoil it but this is a hilarious hilarious episode and here's a little clip last year in 2017 right or the year before or maybe 2016 i don't know we did like a little uh asian tour girls trip Mm -hmm. a girls trip and the plan was to go to hong kong just really quick Two nights in Hong Kong, then go to Cambodia, and then go to Indonesia. Yep. Yes. Um, so should we just start? Tell our story? Oh, yeah. Because it oh was kind of crazy. So, so we had a... Chelsea, please tell them start how with the scammer. Start with the scammer. <laughs> how did you get your airplane tickets? Wow. Wow. Oh, my God. I hope the FBI doesn't listen to black girls texting. So, Russian people... <laughs> no, I take it back. I'm not going to offend... Some <laughs> Russian people. Yep, there you go. Are Quick hackers. Save. Hackers. And I happen to know. Nope, actually, allegedly, <laughs> I happened to know one, and allegedly. he was able to, to get one. like a $900 ticket for like $200. Mm-hmm. That's fucking crazy. So basically, like, my whole ticket was like $200. Maybe it was like oh four for everything. Girl. And we've been planning this trip for a really long time, and Chelsea kept talking about her flight connect, her scam, who she was going to Venmo their money for the tickets to. Yeah, and they were all cutting your ass. Yeah. They bought their tickets like OD in advance, and I was like, "Don't worry, I'll I'll be able to go. I'll and be able to go." We were like, and "Okay, I, see ya." <laughs> I literally remember the night I was like asleep, and um, I was with my I was <laughs> whatever, um, and I. Didn't have a bag packed because I was like, all right, they're going tomorrow. And this nigga still hasn't hit me up. 
Something told me to look at my phone. Maybe what time of the night was this? It was at like, well, the, I think the flight was at night. I think the flight was at like 10 p.m. Oh. No, it was at I, 10 a.m. I seem to remember you saw the ticket around 3 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. It was something crazy. Like, he sent me the itinerary. I got up out of my sleep, had to run home, pack. My mom was screaming at me. What kind of <laughs> bullshit is this? <laughs> Who buys a ticket? The... Two hours before the flight. Of course, I didn't tell her it was like a scammer situation because then she would flip out. But it was fucking crazy. And again, this is all alleged. I'm still thinking about your mom and the rig rats. Oh. Your rig rat ticket. Oh my God. What kind of Yankee shit is this? Yes. <laughs> this um, is when Chelsea is throwing like four pieces of clothing into a gigantic suitcase. Yes. Yo, she came with a... You thought she was moving to Asia. Oh my God, this is an iconic Black Girls texting moment. Some of my favorite episodes are the ones where we get super vulnerable and honest and a little messy, and we just spill spill some tea from our personal lives um, because we're unashamed. And if you've been listening for a minute, you know that Sade has had an interesting dating life. (laughs) Hey, girl. Um, And she moved to San Francisco And I'm so proud of her because she hit that dating scene hard. And while she was out there in those streets, she met a very interesting man who happened to be a hypnotist. This clip comes from episode 67, Black Girls Catch Up and Talk Shit. I am seeing this guy who is a hypnotist. What? Yes. <laughs> Has he tried it on you? Okay, so when we we first went out, he did like activities with me because okay, so he's a hypnotist, but he does it for like it's like therapeutic, which I guess hypnosis is kind of like therapy, but it can also help people like kick habits. Like my cousin told me this. My cousin in in Paris went to a hypnotist to stop smoking, and she said it worked. Oh shit! Yeah. Wow. So. So there's that aspect of it, but then it's also, like, it, he works with a lot of people, he says, who have, like, anxiety. Um, he said he's work, he works with athletes because they, they have to get into a certain mindset when they're, like, training. And I was like, hmm, okay, this is interesting. So he did some, like, more, like, meditative activities with me. And, like, I don't know if I – I definitely felt, like, very calm. Like, he did a lot of things with, like – mindfulness so he's like you know listen to me speak and we were in a really crowded park but he's like allow those sounds to like calm you even further while he was doing it he was also kind of giving me a massage so yeah it was it was interesting um that's kind of cute yeah i don't really see it going anywhere because one he's kind of short and two this is like a strictly sexual relationship like i can already tell like that's what it's gonna be mm-hmm. but it's been um it's been interesting to say the least to explore like <clears throat> how do i say this without disturbing you know if my mother tunes in um just say it <laughs> it's, it's been far far to, gone now to yeah. explore his kinks Mm. And how mm. they how they align with mine? Because, Care to share? 
Sure. So he's like identifies as a dom or like as very dominant. And oh Lord. <laughs> and I I love that because I love being like a sub and and granted, like I am in no way like on the end of the spectrum where I'm like getting tied up and all that stuff. Comma yet. But like <laughs> <laughs> So when I say this, I don't want listeners to be like, oh, shit, like, should I be in the dungeon? You know, like, I'm not there yet, but I definitely enjoy, like, role play and, you know, playing submissive roles. And he definitely plays into that with me, which I really like. So even though he's like 5'8", like, he's not a tall guy. He's, like, very, very fit. And so, like, it's just funny that I'm, like, I'm, like, a bigger, a bigger gal. And um, he just, yeah, can can still make me feel like I'm being uh, dominated. So I'm into it. We'll see where it goes. <laughs> yes. That's kind of cool. Um, it's fun. I'm just having fun right now. Wait, where'd you meet him? On an app. Which app was it? On an app. <laughs> I met him on Bumble. He was very direct. He was like, what are you looking for? I said something very casual. I just started a new job. I'm really busy. I travel. Like, I don't have time to be, like, entertaining you, you know, during the week. And he was like, word, sounds good. And then picked a date location, picked the spot. Oh, my God. On our first fucking date, my car got towed. What? (laughs) What kind of shit? So he, like, drove me to the impound. Wow, at least he didn't make you Uber. <laughs> no, he like nah. drove me to the impound, like w- like helped me figure it all out, like went with me. And then after, I was just like, oh my God, like that was crazy. And he was like, oh, we should go to this Vista point to like calm your nerves. And I was like, oh my God. Come on, calm my nerves. So he took me to this um, like Vista point near the Golden Gate Bridge. And it was really pretty. It was like near the beach. That's and romantic. And the sunset. Wait, so can you do romantic shit with someone that you're just having sex with? Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Just ask it. Glenn is like, yeah, I do it all the time. That's that's her fucking M.O. I know. know. This clip is from one of my favorite episodes, episode 32, Black Girls and Black Jesus, where we really talked about religion. We all have a very different perspective when it comes to religion. Um, Listen to the episode to learn more. Respect and definitely like pay homage because it's it's also a very ancestral religion. Mm -hmm. And that aspect of it I've always loved, but even more so now that like, I only have one grandparent left and I have, you know, my godparents passed away. Um, I definitely look to the relationship between that I have with my Arisha and my ancestors. Um, and I do what I got to do. I pay homage, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that makes perfect sense. This makes me think of two things. First, it's like we were talking about um, a few uh, some episodes ago, like the uh, like the secret and just mm-hmm. like putting things out there and, and manifesting. Um, yeah. And believing in the yes. power of positive thinking and that whole thing. I think all of that is all linked. So then when I think about relig- uh, religion and spirituality, like foundationally, it's about that, like in- being intentional. Um, yeah. Like, I love the idea, though, of giving honor. Like, that's, a, I think, a different part when you think about specifically, like, religion. But, mm-hmm. like, spirituality at its 
at its core, I think is about just like being in tune with yourself and knowing what you want and, and, and being thankful. So I can yeah. get down with all of that. Like I could always get down with like most religions on a foundational level, even like what it means to be like a good person. Right. Yeah. Um, but it's so interesting to me. I think like, like religion is for, oh, I don't want to phrase this. I think no like, judgment. I don't want to say like for people that need such and such. Like I think in general to be a human being is a very scary thing. We're like, mm-hmm. what are we doing here? How am I supposed to live here? What's going to happen next? How do next? we get here? Yeah. How do we get here? What's going to happen when I leave here? So having something like a religion helps us make sense of our existence in a way. So it kind of answers questions that we don't have the answer to. But mm-hmm. it's like, who gave us these answers also? Like, you know, like reading the Bible and saying, like, this yeah. is the genesis of, of humanity or whatever, it kind of just makes it easier for us in some kind of way. Or like knowing that when you die, you might have another place to go. Or like the reason that you're supposed to be good in this existence is so that you can go on to like a better one. Mm-hmm. All of that is kind of like, you know, who knows if that's true. But that's what's so interesting about faith, though, that you believe in something that you can't see. And I think mm-hmm. the people that, are, that have faith in something is so like beautiful and admirable. But ultimately, I think like... This whole religion thing, it's, it's, it, some of it, I think, is, is based in fear sometimes, I want to say. Like a fear of the unknown and like having a religion makes you feel like tethered to something or like a yeah. part of something. Um, and yeah, it has to give you something to believe in. I yeah, I mean, no, that's so true. But I, I will say just, I know you probably didn't mean this, but I feel like when we talk about religion, um, like religion has been around since like, the fucking beginning of time like humans just what it, it wasn't christianity but like mm-hmm. humans needed to believe in something or like get some sort of guidance mm-hmm. you know um and i think you're right it does come out of like like i know a lot of people um will kind of criticize black people being religious or being christian specifically because it you know was used at points in history to like you know um control the masses or like mm-hmm. it, it it could be looked at as white or all these things but i feel like it also brought like slaves hope and yeah um you know like if there's nothing to live for why not just kill myself you know what i'm right. saying like Honestly. if there's if there's no chance for hope if there's no chance for this world changing then why not just jump off of a building you know so I don't know what I was trying to Honestly. say. But. No, I get no, it. It's like it, it, it makes you feel like you're a part of a bigger thing. Like it's something. There's a bigger thing, and um, you matter. Like your you life matter. matters. Like you were, if you were created by this like all knowing, all powerful mm-hmm. being or beings, if you believe in multiple, then that means that your life is really important. Honestly, and if you didn't, yeah, oh, I was just going to say, if you didn't have that kind of belief, then it would just be fucking anarchy. What would it all be for? It would be like. Right. Who do you have to, you have no reason to, I mean, no, you should always be a good person to other people, but if there was no helps. bigger fabric of, of life, then yeah. what are we, what is the point? People would just be out here wiling out. And for me, it kind of gives like me like some sort of moral code. Exactly. Like, mm-hmm. obviously I'm not perfect, but like, I try to be a good person, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think that has to do with, you know, in the back of my mind, I'm not going to go out here and kill babies and you know yeah Mm -hmm. (laughs) because like 
that's fucking evil. And yeah. Like, you know? And you and that- you're saying, like, it's evil. Not that it's, like, against the law, right? It's not against, like, some societal law, but it's against, like, some kind of Right. I don't care about the law. law law. I've been smoking weed since <laughs> it was criminalized in New York. Right. <laughs> but um, I fuck the police. But I don't know. I'd have to say I definitely am... Well, I'm I'm trying to be less of this person, but I definitely am critical of black and brown Christians for the fact that Christianity was definitely used to control and manipulate slaves and just like, you know, the the crusades, like so much that happened over wars of Religion, So I can't just say Christianity because the same for Islam and the same for Judaism. But it's just hard to hear like a lot of black and brown people. I think I'm, tr- I'm trying to word this correctly because I don't want to offend anyone. And it's and it's not just on the sake of like watching my words, but I want to like speak clearly in that. I understand the faith base and I understand that it's very much like generational at this point. But what's bothersome to me is when a lot of people will look down on other religions or just feel mm. like, oh, well, no, like, I but can't. But isn't that what you're doing in a way? It's not so much that I'm looking down, but I just want people to, like, learn more. And I and I could say the same about me learning more about Christianity, but I feel like a lot of people, especially when it comes to, like, my religion or, like, even, like, voodoo or santeria they're like oh my god no like that's devil worship and like you can't do that and i'm like that is like your your people's like history like those are your roots you know what i mean like that's like that's the the real real of like where your people came from like this other religion was was imposed upon us just like every fucking thing else within Mm -hmm. our society but whatever oh yeah so it's just like not so much but upsetting. It's just, it's just, it's disappointing that 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 happened. It's just, a, it just feels like another layer of something else that was just like taken away from us. No, that's very true. But I feel like Christianity is a part of our roots too. Like all those slaves, they were Christian, right? And, and they like were, you were really believing in God, and that's what gave them the strength to survive the exactly. horrors of slavery. Absolutely. And, and then what's been able to come out of that has been so much bigger than just religion itself. I, like the civil at, rights movement. Yeah. yeah, exactly. The civil rights movement. That was as, all as out of church being a place to like convene. Mm-hmm. And that's what I've always ended up, what I find myself holding on to about, I guess, specifically like Christianity and like Baptist religions, things that yeah. like black American people practice is the whole like community aspect of it and the fellowship and like all that stuff. On episode 27, Black Girls and Ass Shots, we get into the world of surgery. It feels like everyone has gotten something done to their face, to their bodies. Everyone kind of seems like a a clone of one another. It's a bit scary, but we had to admit if we were to get surgery, what we would do. Make sure you tune in to episode 27, and here's a quick clip on what we think. Around the table, if you could alter something, what would you do? Mm. Well, I think you know what you would say, so you kick us off. Oh, I would a thousand percent get a nose job. 
I'm going to get lipo after I give birth. If I gain like more than 30 pounds, I'm going <laughs> to, I'm so down for a Brazilian butt lift. Mm-hmm. Just like take the fat. My dream, honestly, is after I have kids to just do a mommy makeover and get like a breast lift, suck all the fat out, put the fat in my ass and be like the sexiest mom you've ever seen. And- hey, but won't the kids mess up the breasts? Because they drink. From no, it. well, yeah, I'd have to like breastfeed, do okay. all that jazz, and then go and get like my mommy makeover. Okay. And like this is not, and I think I'm fucking beautiful, but like, why the fuck not? Like, be a fucking hot mom mm-hmm. and just and just do the works. But but I feel like people, you know, think it's like a magic wand. The recovery time is not fun. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Surgery. It hurts. Like it, it's real. It's surgery. Like yeah. you could also die. Kanye's mom. Okay, okay, Chelsea. You gotta make it so dark. I mean, it's serious. People just, are just. Yeah. It's real. Yeah. No, I was just thinking, like, I've never. I just. It just always looks so fake on people. Like, even if it, it does. It can either look like really plasticky or it's just always like, damn, like snatched booty. Boom, 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 boom. And like, it, it, it's popping, but it also just looks like. So you much. would be shocked though because there's a if way a to do it n- that it's tuck, not. A subtle yeah, one. then I'm here for it, and I would yeah. probably do a Brazilian butt lift too. For why? I don't know. Just you're asking. You know, is- I want some more butt at the top. <laughs> I just want a little more at the top. I just want to fill in the top. Which my friend just told me to do some like knee bends or some shit. Like there, like do knee a couple knee bends. Some some <laughs> exercise she told me to do. I just want to lift squats? my butt a little bit more. <laughs> squats but also i just want to build muscle at the top or build mass just at the top yeah yeah i don't know i would do a little butt brazil like a whole re- reshape look at this i've been showing dr gavami video this girl so, that looks awesome yeah i know she's showing us a video of like this sometimes flat though, ass yeah. and it goes into like a cute little apple booty girl but sometimes when i look at those videos when they show the bodies laying out they look like a fucking corpse did yeah, you ever know it looks so blue and dead and, I mean, and their butt, belly button be looking crazy no 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 that's different that's with that's do a the, lipo right the, no tummy tuck oh that's tummy. because what they do is they literally lift the skin up and it stretches the belly button oh i hate it like who has a, a body like that kimbella kimbella yikes like, it, it just terrifies me I would just do a little bit of lipo in places and then put it all in my ass. You don't need it in your ass. I want to just take it there. Okay. <laughs> what would wow. you do? Um, I really want veneers. Oh, I want veneers too. Oh. Like I want to be like white veneers. Not veneers, but I'm going to have a surgery done soon. I'm going to have a consultation. <laughs> yes. I'm so wait, glad wait, we did this episode. Wait, what surgery are you I would doing? like to have a crown lengthening procedure. I- <laughs> <laughs> where I'm going to have the dentist like laser away some of my gums to make my teeth look bigger. Mm-hmm. She said, mm-hmm. Because I have just like a gummy ass smile. I want them to like make my teeth look longer and bigger. Okay. And I'm going to do it. Hey. It probably is going to cost me like a rack. Well, according to my Lyft driver, that should be very should be easy, easy to find. <laughs> Yo, go on that. Is, it, is seeking arrangement still a thing? Or they yes. T- I was just saying still? I want to get back on seeking arrangement. Because, I, you know, there's a new law. I forgot what it's called. Fuck. I'm going to look it up. But it's a, Stormy it's, Daniels. Yeah, after Stormy Daniels, the Trump administration created this law, and it makes it very difficult to be a sex worker. And technically, if you're on seeking arrangement, mm. it's... You're not toes, a sex worker. It toes the line. It toes the line. Like, people were getting in trouble. Mm. Um, 
I'm going to look up the law. But anyways, yeah, I would get veneers. Like, I just want, like, those white celebrity teeth. Yeah. Um, And I would... I mean, I'd get a Brazilian butt lift. If, like, like, a little... Like, not crazy, though. Like, I don't want, like, a huge butt. Me either. But, like, I just would, like, a little, like... Just, like... I go to the beach in a thong and it's like, mm. wow, you know? I'd like a little bit more on the top. That's what I was yeah. trying to say. No, I understand. Okay, you get but it. like you, I just need more you on the top. You don't need that. I just want some, I want but, more shelf life. You know what? No one needs anything. But like if anyone doesn't one. need any more ass, it's fucking Glenn. I want like no tits and all ass. Would See, you get some breasts? I was going to say I would pick. Mm. So either I would get like the, a little butt and like just, have my boobs or i would get like d's and like work out and just like be like a skinny white lady (laughs) with big breasts (laughs) so i was i've been on this journey this workout journey to to like get a bigger ass these booty games to have no ass like nasata like just like (laughs) just like straight up back like all our guy friends used to clown me like cut my ass like Shade don't got no ass Shade got these big ass titties but she don't got no ass and I would be like and the crazy thing is your mom has mad ass my mom has mad ass my one of my sisters has all the ass me and my other (laughs) sister say she just sucked it out of our mom so she just got it all like her body's crazy and I just started like well obviously like your metabolism changes because I was always kind of like not skinny, but like slim. Mm-hmm. And then I just had like really big tits. Right. And I think as I, I've gotten older, my like body's like filling out a little bit more, like more hippie, more thighs. And so naturally I got a little bit more booty, but I also like worked out for it. Right. So I follow all these fucking women on Instagram like crazy. And then I feel like we need to like channel this into like body image and like the internet and how it's fucking with our minds, but whatever. Yeah, it really is. Um, Follow all these women, and I swear to fucking God, like, there's no fucking way that these are their asses. They're definitely getting their asses done and then, like, selling a lie because, like, I just don't believe that they can have these asses, but whatever. So, doing my workouts, doing what I need to do, but you have to eat. Like, you have to eat food to, like, build the muscle, Mm -hmm, right? mm -hmm. And then it's, you can't just tell your body, like, send the food here, and I tend to gain weight in, like, my stomach and my breasts. So, I'm getting, like, bigger fucking breasts which i do not want like a gut and like kind of an ass so then i was like you know what i'm abandoning this and now i'm just on like cardio skin tea. you just want to be like, skinny i just yeah. want to be skinty mm-hmm. you're in a good little sp- a place right now you're gonna place i like, just want to be like it's very womanly snatch snatch daddy snatch daddy like on the stairmaster you know i i call you when i'm on the stairmaster <laughs> i'll be watching my, my my shows and then i start and then i just do some running and then i'll do like a couple squats and i'll be like okay that's it and you know a healthy balanced meal because right. these bitches are selling lies another one of our favorite 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 moments of black girls texting history this was the crossover episode that we did with our girls at the Oprah Rose show. We have been listening to the Oprah Rose podcast for a minute. And we always felt like our content and their content really aligned. And when we linked up, the synergy was crazy. What made this episode so dope was there was this kind of big sister, little sister energy. We talked about the kind of shit you do in your 20s and the shit you do in your 30s. And we talked about relationships and living with intention. 
This is from episode 54, Black Girls Texting Meets Oprah Rose. I said, where's your condom? I had to grow into that, sis. That was a 30. That was the 30s. Oh, pick a purse. There was condoms and lip gloss. I never. (laughs) I love that ready. That's good. Stay ready. You ain't got to get ready. You don't got to get ready. What enforced that? I'm curious. Because I like to fuck. So I didn't want to ever be in a situation that I couldn't fuck. Okay. Right. But that like never stopped me though. Like I just be like, I'm living off the edge. Because I'd be a little too shook. Like, because I was often, I'm weird with birth control. Okay. Not, like, you know, so I'd be off and on on birth control. So, one, I'd be like, babies. And then, right. two, I'd be like, it's. Hmm. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's like, right. Right. Any it. type right. of, you know, herpes. Oh, you can get VD, right? Still. I get it. With you get chlamydia. No, you can get herpes you with a condom. You get chlamydia from giving head. That happened to a friend of mine. Yes. Oh, my God. Somebody texted us, though, and was like, how do you feel about condom head? Somebody texted us that recently. So what condom would you your head. younger self? The <laughs> yeah, condom right. oh, head. Ain't nobody yeah, doing that. Do I don't know. So <laughs> nobody gave alive. condom I, head before? No. No, I, I, I gave condom head in high school. I, like, I don't, I've never really used condoms. I gave condom head in high school. Definitely at like Court Street movie theater. Oh my. <laughs> you are nasty. <laughs> Look at <laughs> Talk about younger You're lucky self. you ain't got no bumps on your lips. <laughs> I, I gave condom head. But still in the theater? <laughs> what? The, f- the popcorn gonna give me herpes? <laughs> the seat. <laughs> I used to like Court Street until like I discovered other theaters. But yeah, but I was, I was, yeah. <laughs> until I, I discovered other theaters. That's funny. Oh my God. That's what I genuinely tell my younger self. I would genuinely tell my younger self to. I feel I, I feel like I say this all the time. Be wiser financially because mm-hmm. I was why laying and my parents mm. bailed me out like twice and I still fucked up. Mm. And that was definitely the biggest thing. All the other stuff in terms of like relationship choices, actions, I feel like that made me who I am today. Those right. mistakes developed me into who I am and we're all great things. Debt is not a great thing. Yeah. Right. So like no. that I could have done without. I could have been in a real cute place. Bitch just could have had stocks and shit, you know, but I was mm. out here being dumb. And mm. But you're learning. Right. You're sure. learning. I'm learning. That's all that matters. But I'll even, I might have to give that a comma, but because a lot of that money I spent traveling mm-hmm. and I, and those were amazing experiences. So you know yeah. what? Fuck it. I, I'm fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fine. no, and yeah, I think, and traveling. you're still young, and I think that I think the average age is actually like 35 that most people get their lives together, something like Great. that. Great, I got yeah. time. Got yeah, time. when mine told me that, I said, "Wait, what? I'm early? Oh, okay, this is we amazing." So I got time. You, low key, your time. I got time. You got time. We all good. That's Credit good. scores on the rise. Yeah, yeah. I heard that. Chels, I would tell my younger self that the pain is temporary. Mm. Like, I would, like, cry till, like, mm-hmm. I thought I was going to get a fucking aneurysm. Mm-hmm. And, like, I don't even remember what that shit was about anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't remember them niggas. Mm-hmm. Don't care about them. So, I would say the pain is temporary. Yeah. And then she got her. That's, facts. that's my type, nigga. That's my type. <laughs> a rich nigga. Sick, nigga. No, 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 no. Please. That Stop with that dumbass no, song. No, no. That's not what it is. That's not <laughs> what What's the saying? Catch a vibe. You, you know, know the vibes. Auntie Shade. Auntie Shade. OLG. Auntie Shade. She's trying to Auntie Shade. Glenn. No, I would dead not say nothing like. What would I say? Here, this hippie dippy girl go. 
I when love I say it. like I, the only she thing I'll be like, it's like choose a next career so you can have some bread, but then like <laughs> that's, <laughs> so that that's, that's a good one. But so that I could be like working in some shit that I don't like, you right. know, like. Okay. I mean, maybe if I told myself that in an earlier age, I wouldn't even want for the things that I want for now. But like, I I'm in the place where I am now. Like, it's good. all the things that I want to that I want are gonna come. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, I love the, that. The same shit like you said, Me like too. the tears, all the shit that I felt was like worth it. Like I would tell myself, like, believe that you could have all the things that you wanted at that time, whatever. But like. All the insecurity, all that shit is what propelled me to now. I don't believe in regrets. So, like, I don't no know. No regrets. Yeah. Mm. I don't know. I love that. Maybe save money, but yeah. I'm yeah, good. I love it. That's, oh. that's coming. I love it, too. And what yeah. do you know for sure? Ooh. What do we know for sure? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a good question. I'm a huge believer that everything happens for a reason. Yes. Even the most fucked up shit. Like, I was in a car accident, like, uh, what, like a, a week, week ago? ago? Mm-hmm. And it wasn't, wow. like, a crazy car accident. Like, everything was fine. But I sat and I said to myself, I was driving down to L.A. I said, maybe I was not supposed to make this full drive to L.A. And mm-hmm. this accident, because it was an hour out, was like a, no, you're not supposed to go there. Something crazier could have happened. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It could have been a more fatal crash. Someone could have done harm to anything. And mm-hmm. took my car back, got on a flight. And so I'm a firm believer that things happen for a reason. Nothing happens by chance. You definitely control your destiny. But every all those cues, that intuition, that gut feeling, mm-hmm. follow it. And yeah, mm-hmm. that's for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can you repeat it? I'm a little drunk. What do you know for sure? <laughs> Off the, uh, I'm a little drunk. Um, what do I know for sure? Um, that God is real. I was going to Even though but... Shade is rolling her eyes at me. Sunday, I was like, what the fuck ass. was that? Um, like, I'm not fuck that God. Okay, God Whoever your God is, whether it's Allah or who, something yes. is yes, something yes, yes. is up mm-hmm. there that is taking care of me. Yes, because I got you. my boyfriend always says like God loves babies and fools. I say, every Tierra day. says that. I say that just I, every and I'd be like, which one you today? Tip both. Because I be doing some God dumb shit. Babies and, and fools, and I'm still alive. Mm-hmm. And he does. I'm okay, I'm doing pretty good. <laughs> so, God must have some sort of I plan. Like that, babies and fools. Yes, love Jesus that. loves yeah. me. I almost feel like what I'm going to say kind of piggybacks off of what you guys are saying, but like goodness is coming. I don't know, like mm-hmm. it feels like something great is on the horizon and I've always felt like that about myself, even though that might sound really self-indulgent, no, but I you're just an always only child. Perhaps, just but I've just she's always also a fucking boss. No, I just like always knew when I was yeah, like it's it's all good. Like right. I I come at Shade at this for her Leo ass shit, but she just be like, nah, it's gonna work out. Like Shade it just is, is that piece. She's like, I don't know stress because it just always has worked out, and that Why? makes me feel like pretty it's, selfish. That's Tierra, right? It's that's selfish. Tierra for like, me. Yep. And then be panicking internally, like. Right, but you can't let. <laughs> but you can't. Yeah, can't like, let flip. But it's, it's it feels selfish <laughs> to, to believe like nah, it's everything's gonna be good for me because I deserve. But like, I I don't know. I think everybody in this room deserves. I think everybody should deserve. I think those yeah. things all really connect, and that's why we vibe so well. Because I'm very much in the space of let's say 
we were going after something we really really wanted it and then it didn't happen that was not mm-hmm. for us mm-hmm. right. and there are bigger things on the horizon that Absolutely. really connects to you believing mm-hmm. that like god loves us all and that really connects to your belief that you the know good is coming, good is, the coming. Goodness is coming so you have to be patient you have to stay focused and you have to understand that if shit don't work out it was not for you mm-hmm. yeah now don't just fucking sit at home twiddling your thumbs thinking shit's gonna fall out the sky no, but you right. put in the grind you put in the work and it didn't work out that was not for me because the next right. thing what does that work onto, without faith yes yeah faith right. without faith works without is works dead. is mm-hmm. dead yeah. we yes. don't do complacency we do intention yeah we yes. we put okay. our full intentions in it we work hard like we bust our asses and then let's say you know the deal falls through well that was not my deal it and then you turn you. around and, a better and then there's coming. some other bigger better shit right? yeah we just had that happen to us several so times like, yeah we we see it and we're out here the goodness is coming if you are a true bgt fan have you ever wondered where the hell did this what would you do come from why are they singing city high and when is city high going to sue them i know i wonder it all the time this is one of my all-time favorite clips that explains where the what would you do segment name came from and stay tuned because we're also going to share some of our favorite what would you do's I don't think we figured out what the segment's gonna be called yet. We still are. The debate is still up. Um, what would you do if your son was? <laughs> <laughs> Chelsea loves that. Bitch, I'm dead. I like. What would you say? Corny. Why can't it be text vote, I just vote. got? Text I just got. Vote. So we should have a vote. Oh, a vote. Let Let's us put know. a poll on Instagram for this segment where we receive text and we respond. What should we call it? What would you do if your son was at home? I'm actually kind of partial to that one. I'm shit. I'm low key partial to that too. Yay! All right, so there it is. Yo, yes. City High just has like a place in my heart. The City High. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, okay. What was the text that we have to answer? The next What Would You Do is from episode two, Black Girls Date White Guys Sometimes. The whole episode was about interracial relationships, and I thought this What Would You Do was kind of funny. Um, she is a woman of color, swipes on a white man. Okay. They're kind of chatting, exchange numbers, and he says to her, I've never dated an Indian woman before. One, assuming she's Indian. Mm-hmm. She's, like, ambiguous. Right. But two, <laughs> I was just like, what do you say to that? That's your opening line? Yeah. That, that was like the, that was like, he gets her number. They, you know, there was banter prior. I don't know. It might have been like, hey, how okay, are you? Okay. But the first text of, he's like, hey, so I've never dated an Indian woman before. So they were talking in the Bumble oh, app. Yes. And then he gets her phone number finally. Yes. And that was the first text message he sends to mm-hmm. her. So what would you say? Dun, dun, dun. That's, I'm trying to call this segment, what would you say? Glenn hates it. I don't. What would you do if his son was at home? <laughs> what would you do if a Yo. white man texted you? <laughs> Some bullshit. <laughs> Some fetishizing bullshit. <laughs> I am not your Indian woman. I'm not even Indian. I'm not your project. I'm about to fall out. <laughs> Y'all are fucking crazy. But anyway, experiment. Okay. Chelsea, Chelsea, what would you say to that text? And oh then I'll gosh. tell y'all what I told her to say. Okay. okay. 
Jeez. Ah, Glenn, are you ready? Because I'm still thinking. Okay. I don't know. Percolating on that. Yeah. What's the fuck? So it could go one of two ways. I could troll him in some kind of way. Flame him up. Just no, just be like, oh, really? Like I've never been with a white man. It would depend on how bored I was. Oh. To be honest, if you wanted to do some reverse psychology, get into a bunch of shit. Like, do you want to come over to my house and like, I'll show you how to make chapati? Or like, I don't (laughs) even. No, I wouldn't. Don't I, swipe right on Glenn Pogue. Because I will just literally just fuck with you. No, I, I, I actually probably would just not answer that person. Yeah, I might actually I just, just block the person. You would block them. Um, it depends. Like, if, did we have a strong connection before? If we had a strong connection beforehand, maybe I, you know, I'm a, I'm a natural teacher. I might say, like, you know, that's not something you should say to someone, especially mm-hmm. if you... You know, I might explain it to him and give him the benefit of the doubt because I'm also of the school of thought that um, discussion yes. helps, you know. Yes, I don't like teaching my partner all the time, but, like, yeah. having these discussions help. And, like, letting him know maybe he's ignorant to the fact that that is offensive. Yeah. Maybe he just really honestly doesn't know if we had a connection beforehand. If that was his first way of trying to connect with me, block Black. Yeah, if that was the opening line, I You're am not ball. entertaining it. That's yeah. ridiculous. If he's mad cool and we have a connection and then he texts me that, you know, I've never talked to a, a black girl. You know what? I might actually say, well, you know, are you talking to me because I'm black? Right. I might just ask him, are you talking to me because I'm black? He would probably say no. Mm-hmm. And I would be like, okay, well, when you say things like that, it kind of feels like you're... you're Making like me a fetish. Yes. Yeah. Just tell him, I guess. That's what I would do. So my advice, of course I saw the young man. Fine. I'm gonna give him a nice eight point five out of ten. Oh shit. Oh B plus. I mean eight five is not bad. <laughs> maybe eight point eight? Girl. And I'm like need a nine. Who and who knows what other things he's working eight with? I didn't see the generous. I didn't see the body. <laughs> I, don't give away I didn't even see the eight. details. So he could be hitting, you know, in the nine range. Okay. Um, mm. I told her to be a little open mm-hmm. and to ask him like why he prefaced with that question. Right. This is another great clip from Black Girls Catch Up and Talk Shit, where we got a what would you do from a young lady who was deciding if she should build a roster or commit to a new guy that she just met after getting out of a long-term relationship. It's so interesting to listen back to these episodes and to hear where we were at these times in our lives and the way we were viewing relationships. I think Shade and I were both a little jaded, but also we can't help but be hopeless romantics at the end of the day. And Chelsea was coming through with some real truisms to help uh, keep us looking on the bright side of things and also not end up being spinsters later in life. Since we're talking about dating... I want to read this. What would you do? What would you do? Sure. Oh, I kind of wanted you to do the other one. Oh, okay. Yeah, you are going to do that one. The the bad relationship. I was going to do I dress kind of skimpy. Oh, no, I like the bad relationship. Oh, I like the other one, too. All right. Then why don't you hoes read it? I mean, you can still. still I don't know which one you're talking about. Okay, fine, girl. Um, 
Oh wait, because you pasted this. Is there a is there a name? I'm no, just I take name. names out. Unlike you, she's she's sad, Sabrina. Oh, <laughs> sad, Sabrina. Um, okay, so she says, "Hey, BGT, I just got out of a terrible relationship and finally started dating again after almost two years of just doing me. I have two issues." I've been seeing this one guy for a couple weeks, and I already think I'm falling for him, which is really scary. Yikes. Mm. I think about him all the time, and I'm afraid I'm becoming too obsessed. I don't want to be too clingy, or worse, set myself up to be disappointed. The twist is, I just met a completely new guy last night who I'm a little intrigued by. I kind of want to let him in to help distract me, but I'm afraid to have sex with two guys at (laughs) once. Like, will they be able to feel it? Shade's oh. like, that's my Saturday night. <laughs> this is so funny. I think I know who sent this. Okay. They can't feel it. Sabrina. No, girl. But I do feel you about, you know, So I think everyone's built differently. And for some women, it is hard to maintain a roster. And some women are relationship girls. And I don't think anything's wrong with that. But I also feel like... If you don't let yourself become vulnerable, then you won't have any experiences in life. So whether you become vulnerable by trying these two guys out or you become vulnerable vulnerable by telling the first guy, hey, I do kind of like you. How do you feel? But like you can't just you have to like you have to be vulnerable or else nothing is going to happen. Damn, You're just going to be stagnant. Mm. That was a bother. I feel like, um, I'm sorry. I was just eating some peanut butter. Mike, what the fuck are you eating? (laughs) I'm so sorry. I have to go to the gym after this, so I have to have my protein. Anyways, um, I feel like a big red flag in here for me, though, is that she was in a relationship and I don't know. You have to be careful because I feel like sometimes you go into things post-relationship and you're, like, looking for what you had in the, another person. So, like, you think you really like them. And it could just be because they're filling a certain void. So, like, I personally would take my time before expressing emotions to this guy that you've been seeing for a couple weeks. Oh, yeah. Just, just like, give it maybe two more weeks and then kind of see from there. But then this other dude that you're attracted to you don't necessarily have to have sex with him off jump but like you should definitely spend time and get to know him and like you know just see what happens from there so that's my advice i think y'all nailed it like (laughs) (laughs) i don't know um i think it's so interesting that the concern is that they'll that these men will be able to tell that you're with other people and it seems yeah, so it's like so reflective of you know what no i'm not gonna say it's reflective of a person that's been in a relationship but maybe whatever the dynamic of the relationship that you were in it sounds like you're just like you're very new to this kind of like i'm dating i'm out here you don't gotta worry about none of that like embrace this time for you to like be free i would i would yeah I would be a little, I would take my time on hopping in something new. I would honor your feelings for this new person. 
but also like enjoy this space and time to experience and experiment and shout outs to you for like getting out there and already like meeting people that you're feeling and having good experiences and shit like that's awesome living it just use protection sis oh always hundred thousand percent do you know i have multiple friends now and this is like in no way like slut shaming or any shaming but i have multiple friends and like we're very open with one another and they're all like yeah i have had this std or that std and it's so fucking common and i'm like holy shit like you gotta be careful because you never know the time that someone's gonna get you oh my goodness so i say that i say that just to say have fun and you know talk to these different guys and maybe there's a third and fourth guy in the mix but just always make sure that you're safe Mm -hmm. and um i would be very very clear on the conversations you're having so like maybe you guys are not exclusive but it's clear that you know okay i'm sexually active with other people just so everyone's you know clear i i personally feel like that's important but also i just want to say actually forget it i already said my piece girl do what feels good for you you sure yeah i just i don't know i feel like with like hot girl summer and all these things including myself i feel like there's like a narrative that like you have to have a a, a, like a hoe phase or like a phase of like being out there and i don't think that that's for everyone and i think if you really like this guy I'm not saying jump on it after knowing him for two weeks, but if you feel something, you feel something. And if you feel something that strongly, then maybe respect that feeling. If if it's really like if if it feels no, real I or feels strong agree. or whatever. Yeah, but I do think like yeah, but I would just like enjoy like, the singleness too right yeah. yeah it just seems like the second guy she's like it'll just distract me i'm intrigued doesn't seem like she likes him as much as the first one so like don't just throw him in a ring in the ring because he's there you know oh see to I say that you're building opposite. a roster i think the opposite not to say you're building a roster but i do respect this other guy kind of being a distraction and i say that for the simple fact of you just got a relationship so you might just be like just lost and like rebound mind so like your rebound mind is like oh this reminds me of the feeling that i had in my relationship at least that's how my rebound mind was and so i found i found comfort in those experiences but that wasn't necessarily like what i needed and so i kind of think it is fair to you know throw somebody else in the mix like throw in a variable in that equation and see what the Mm-hmm. shake it up and, and then if that doesn't work and you still are like okay no I, I am feeling this guy then then see from there but I, I don't know I, I, I see your point though Chelsea to like the hot girl summer roster thing I think it's fair to take that feedback and say okay I don't just have to have a roster to have a roster but at the same time I feel like you can just you know shake it up see what happens yeah 
I mean, yeah, I agree. I just, I've spoken to people. And again, these are, everyone has their own, like, personal journey. But, like, I've spoken to, like, older women who have said, like, yeah, that, looking back on it, like, I should have really given that guy, like, more of a chance and taken it more seriously. So who knows? Maybe this guy came into your life, the universe put him there, and it feels soon. But if you actually have a strong feeling, I don't think that's something to discount or not treat as valid, if that makes sense. Like... I don't just throw something in there like it's not like an experiment it's your life and if you feel like this person is i mean I, again i'm i'm reading it as if okay i broke up with someone from two years met this guy who i really like i'm really vibing with him blah 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 blah. i don't think that's something that you should ignore so this what would you do comes from episode 37 bgt unpacks toxic femininity now in retrospect really thinking back on that can a woman be toxically feminine i don't know the jury's still out but um check out this what would you do and let us know what you would tell this young lady and if she is being a bit toxic is that even a thing so what would you do um so we have a couple of random listener members. I thought this would be interesting in context to the show. Um, a listener wrote in saying that she has a higher sex drive, or seemingly, than her boyfriend. She says, quote, she does the little butt nudge in bed, tries to like massage him, will put on lingerie, and is basically trying to have sex daily. And they just end up having sex like once or twice a week but she's trying to do more and like I think hinting at more clearly the butt nudge we've all done it Mm -hmm. um and asks you know what would you do if you were trying to have more sex with your man and you're hinting at it it seems like she didn't like explicitly say like I want to have more sex so I guess she's being more like subtle playing more coy but she asked like what would you do to be getting it in a little bit more frequently i think you need to explicitly ask or just get a vibrator you don't own that other person's body that's toxic feminine behavior (laughs) i wanted to not use that as a term i'm not coining that i'm not using that please don't use that word around me i'm using it please don't use that word around me you're being toxic hell no fuck out of here you can check me and be like, you're tripping, you're wiling. But I'm I'm more so I'm just like not inclined to adopt so many of these fucking terms anymore. But um, I think that this is just, this is not toxic femininity. I think this is like what couples go through. But nudge, try it. Maybe her man is in a mood. Maybe me by saying her man is in a mood is discounting his feelings, actually. Mm-hmm. That is true. Damn. Like maybe he's going through something right now. He's not sexually on right now. He's not sexually on. Yeah, men don't always have to be on. I mean, I think she's right in that she thinks she has a higher sex drive. That could be possible. Sure. Yeah, but then you need to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because if you can talk about it, you are toxically feminine. Shut the fuck up. But also, <laughs> I, I've seen this happen with some people before, and they have constant conversations about it. Then they have like scheduled nights. Like, okay, we're gonna do it today, and then it just oh, makes it no. so. It just takes all the joy out of it. 
I would have her have a conversation and if sex is really important to her and like maybe it's not daily but like frequent sex is important to her and that's something that her partner is not giving her then maybe she needs to consider her relationship with that partner yeah maybe they're not matched in that way I'm thinking about I remember this guy that I was like we're not dating like that to me, it was like we were hooking up. He would come over to my house sometimes and just sleep. I would just be like, what are, why are you coming over here? <laughs> why are you here? Why are you here? Why are you here? Why, what is your, like, what, what are you doing? Um, I don't know why they made me think about that. But I, but I would do all this type of shit to him. And I'm like, damn, maybe, you know, I can appreciate his, his company, too. Like, he's not just dick to me. So maybe they could also foster some other kind of intimacy, too, in some other kind of way. I, I don't know. So I mean, it's pretty pretty cut and dry for me. Mm-hmm. Like, if I'm trying to have sex every day, and then you only have sex with me once a week, <laughs> I'm going to be like, what the fuck is happening? Yeah. That would piss me off. I still haven't had a boyfriend long enough in my adult age <laughs> where I live alone, where I can really see what it feels like to be able to have a lot of sex. But once that time does come, if I'm not fucking frequently, I just I'm not sure what I'm be able to do. What I would do. Yeah, man. Uh, gotta go talk to your man. Have a conversation. Girl. That's it. Just gotta be upfront. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can't do the communication is key. The the massage and the lingerie, like if that's not doing it. <laughs> also, and that must not feel great to her. As well. Right. Like, is yeah. she feeling like, you know? Rejected? I mean, you think of Sin Santana yelling like at Joe Budden. Right. right. Yelling this at Joe Budden and then getting, getting out of the car in Times Square. That was mad. Hilarious. Last but not least, every episode we highlight our black girl doing shit. We give praise, thanks, and highlight a black woman in any industry who's just killing it. As you all know, we are Black Girls Texting, and our our whole identity is all about amplifying voices of Black women, highlighting amazing, dope Black women, and we've been doing this consistently for 100 episodes. So we felt it was only right to give ourselves the Black Girl Doing Shit Award. Um, we are really proud of ourselves, and we're really grateful for our community of all of you listening every single week, supporting us, donating money, coming to our events. We really appreciate it. And we're so excited for more to come. As always, if you ever have a woman that you want to highlight, if you want to highlight yourselves, send us an email, send us a message and let us know. And we are so, so excited for what's to come. Thank you for riding with us for a hundred episodes.